2 Kings chapter number 2, verse number 9. Let's stand just for a brief moment. The Bible said, and it came to pass when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee. Before I be taken away from thee, and Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Fathers, we bound the wonderful divine presence of sovereignty tonight. I want to thank you for the good singing and the good spirit. Thank you for the good preaching we've heard tonight. Lord, I bound your presence. I pray somebody would get thirsty and hungry for God. Maybe some young person would get full of the Holy Ghost of God tonight. God, you'd do what we need to be done. Pray you'd set the atmosphere and we'll bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Out of all the things that Elisha could have asked for, he asked for a double portion. What if you would have been in that position and a man that walked with God asked you, what do you want before I leave? I imagine some of you young men would have asked for a new four-wheel drive pickup, maybe. Some of you ladies would have asked maybe for a fine, fancy car. Elisha didn't ask for a new bass boat. He didn't ask for a new deer rifle. He didn't ask for anything carnal. He had a spiritual request. He had seen God work in the life of Elijah so much. They said, you know what? I want twice as much as you got. Not that I didn't think you did a good job. Not that I think you failed. But I like what you got so much, I'd like to have a double portion. Tonight I'd like to preach just a little while on Elisha's extra touch. I like to get around people that's got a touch of God. But I really like to get around somebody that's got an extra touch of God in their lives. There's ever been a day and an hour when we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. It is today. I submit to you today, we don't need to wait till tomorrow to get a double portion. You don't need to wait till next week to get filled with the Holy Ghost. We need God to give us a double portion tonight. Elijah's response was, that was asked a hard thing. It ain't easy to have an extra touch, but it's possible. Simple Bible truths tonight. If you want an extra touch from God, you're going to have to get to the place where you don't mind some things. There are going to be things come along in our lives we're going to have to say, Lord, I don't mind. And uh, when Elijah went by and put his mantle on Elisha, Elisha wasn't sitting on the couch playing a video game. And I 
Elisha wasn't out chasing girls. He wasn't down at the pool hall or over to beer joint. Elisha was out in the field working. And if you're going to have a double portion, you're going to have to get to mind where you don't work, you don't mind working a little bit. I'm not talking about working for the touch of God. I'm talking about working because you got the touch of God in your life. But I tell you, I ain't never seen such a lazy generation in all my life. Boys don't even know how to run a weed eater. Girls can't even cook or clean the house. 14, 15 years old. Eight men couldn't cook themselves out of a wet paper bag. And I know some ladies been married 20 years can't even do that. And I want to stop and say thank God for my wife that knows how to work and knows how to clean. And thank God for some men that don't mind getting out in the field and getting behind the mules and plowing. Oh, Elisha, he didn't mind the work. The Bible said that he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. I remember as a young preacher, I looked at that text and I said, boy, I like him. I was wrong in my thinking, but it preached good until I learned better. I said, boy, I like Elisha. He's got 12 yoke oxen hooked up to one plow. <laughs> And I said, boy, that's my kind of guy. Because I like something that's got a lot of power behind it. Say amen right there. I don't want one of these little four cylinders or six cylinders. Give me something that'll climb the mountain and climb it good. And I thought, boy, he's a man that's working, knows a little bit about power. Uh, but that ain't it. There was 12 yoke of oxen. There's 12 plows. There's 12 servants. And you know what they was doing? They were working together in unity. They weren't running over each other. If you're going to have God's touch, you're going to have to learn how to work in unity with God's people. Hey, man, you can't I always been doing stuff on your own. There's got to be a unified spirit in your heart. He didn't mind the work. And then when Elijah in 1 Kings 19 verse 21, when Elijah came by and threw his mantle on him, uh, Elisha didn't mind that uh, Elijah did that. Well, it didn't bother him one bit. Uh, the mantle not only represented power but that mantle came with a lot of responsibility and that day Elijah placed a lot of responsibility on the life of Elisha and Elisha just didn't seem to mind it oh then you know what Elisha did he took that yoke of oxen he had he cut it up and Elisha didn't mind the sacrifice if you're going to have God such in your life it's going to come with great sacrifice Elisha didn't mind it one bit but not only was that a sacrifice sacrificing service but it was a worshiping service and Elisha he didn't mind one bit to worship God I'm going to tell you right now don't tell me you're spirit filled and you don't ever worship I'm telling you people it's got a double portion they don't mind shouting every once in a while and worshiping every once in a while they don't care to put their hands in the air and praise God and worship God it didn't bother him I get in some places sometimes they look at me like a calf looking at a new gate. They say, where in the world did this old boy come from? I tell you what God did for us. He let us get born in the fire. I can't stand the smoke. I can't stand dead church, dead preaching. I can't stand dead singing. Amen to God, neighbor. You ever get filled with the Holy Ghost? God will give you a touch and there'll be a witness on it. And Elisha didn't mind it one bit. And when he cut them oxen up, he... 
He passed the stake this way, passed the stake that way. Elisha didn't mind to share a little bit. Simply put, he wasn't selfish. He wasn't self-centered. It didn't have to be all about him. His name didn't have to be on the marquee. Amen. His picture didn't have to be on the poster. Can somebody say amen right there? He didn't have to be called on every service to preach or every service to sing. It didn't bother him if you didn't call on him to pray. He'd just come to church. He didn't mind to share a little bit. I tell you, if you're selfish, you will never be used of God. You've got to get unselfish. Get to where you don't mind giving a little double portion. He didn't mind some things. He didn't mind to walk and to walk a lot. Elijah didn't show up in a Rolls Royce. Elijah just walked by him, threw his mantle on him, and said, come on, you going with me? He didn't mind, and I'm talking about, I didn't take time in my studies to try to trace out how many miles that these men walked, but it was a lot of miles, a lot of lonely miles, a lot of hard miles. And Elisha, he didn't get upset and say, well, you know, I'm tired of this walking. He didn't mind it one bit. Oh, if he could have sang that old Dean Shook song, he'd have been singing, it's been worth every mile, it's been worth every step. Neighbor, I tell you, you get a double portion, you won't mind to walk. He didn't mind to walk away from everything that he had ever known. Life as he knew it. I'll see y'all later. Well, I tell you, there are going to be times God may call you to be around home. God may let you stay in the land of your nativity. There may be a day in your life when God calls on you and you've got to sell your house and sell your land and get out of your town and go do what God wants you to do. If you don't do that and you're not willing, there'll be no devil touch at all. Elisha didn't mind to walk away. I was studying and preaching along these lines several months ago and I was preaching a church school revival in the mornings in a church over in Rossville, Georgia, a good friend of mine. And uh, I was preaching and it come down. Revival broke out. Ended up staying with him two weeks this past January. And on that second week, I'd already had plans to preach way up in Kentucky on Friday night, and I had to go home on Thursday after the morning service to pick my wife and my children up. They wanted to go with me on up to Kentucky, so I got in my vehicle and I knew what I had ahead of me. I had a four and a half hour trip home ahead of me. I had a four and a half hour trip back that night ahead of me to get back down to that particular meeting, take our bags, put them in a hotel, go to sleep get up the next morning, pack my bags, get in the vehicle, go to the service, preach, then have to drive real fast to get to where I was going. And I was traveling by grace that afternoon and not by law. God, have mercy on me. I've already repented for speeding on that particular day. And God is forgiving somebody right there, especially the good trooper, trooper that's with us tonight. I love you, dear brother. You're my best friend. <laughs> That, that time you pull me over alright and brother I said Lord I really don't want to do this I'm not looking forward to all these hours in the vehicle and the Holy Ghost said I thought you said you didn't mind doing a few things and I said Lord you're right I don't mind it at all if that's a mile out in life he's running up and down the roads if that's a mile out in life sleeping in a, in a hotel every week of your life I said glory to God if 
that's what I got to do and to have God's touch on my life then so be it you're going to have to get to where you don't mind your phone rings in the middle of the night pastor and there's a sick church member on the other line you're going to have to get up. No, don't get an attitude. Don't get upset. Don't get her. You accepted the responsibility. You got to say, you know what? I don't mind. I believe I'll go help them out. Be there with them. Hold their hand through the night. Mama, you, mom and dad, you got a young and it needs help. And sometimes it'll be an inconvenience. Oh, but you just have to say, you know what? I just don't mind. He didn't mind to walk away. But then the Bible said he went after Elijah. He didn't mind to walk after the man of God. He didn't didn't mind to walk in agreement with a man of God. He didn't mind to walk over the over the over the river. He didn't mind to walk in, walk back, walk over, walk alone. He didn't mind to walk. Elisha's extra touch. He didn't mind. He didn't mind to fight. He didn't mind to go to war. Second Kings six twenty. Elisha's out there with a the young man, and all that young man can see is the enemy. All that young man can do is look around and it don't look good. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. And when God opened his eyes and that young man seen the army of God and camped around about them, it was on them. But Elisha wasn't in a foxhole somewhere. He wasn't stuck up in a cave somewhere. He wasn't hiding. He didn't mind to go to battle. He didn't mind to go to war. And neighbor, I'm not looking for a fight. You don't have to look for a fight. I remember as a young preacher, I'd look for any and every fight I could get myself in. I mean, I loved it. Oh, and after a few hard battles that I came out on the bottom side that I shouldn't have been in anyways, I realized that you ain't got to look for it. It's going to come looking for you. Just be filled with the Holy Ghost and you won't mind to fight the good fight of faith. Then we move on. Chapter 2, verse number 7. The Bible said, And fifty of the sons of the prophets stood to view afar off, and they stood by Jordan. You know the story, Elijah is fixing to leave out of here. And uh, Elisha decides he wants to go on with him. But as they make their trip, here comes fifty of the sons of the prophets. And they're looking from a far, they're looking up from a distance. The Bible said they stood to view afar off. They were looking, you gotta, you gotta get over who's watching you. There's always gonna be somebody that's got their eyes on you. I'll never forget God saved Matthew that Friday night in revival meeting 24 years ago. Up in Hendersonville, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I, I'd never done this before. Uh, that night, God got on me. Matthew stood up, hugged me, told me, just got saved. God filled me from the top of my head, the bottom of my feet. I said, let me go. And I'd never took a lap in my life. Neighbor, I, he turned loose of me. And around that church, I went. I didn't have a suit on. I didn't have a tie on. I had my old blue jeans on and a T-shirt. I hadn't been saved on myself. And God filled me with the Spirit of God. Ain't been the same. Don't want to be the same. Thank God I'm not ashamed. Amen. I take God. I got my butt to get in the glory talking about it again tonight. Ain't it good? I don't know. 
that God touched you. And after that service, there's a lady, old Mossy back, Deacon's wife. And every Deacon's wife ain't Mossy back, but this one had moss on her from a mama and a grandmama and a great grandmama. I'm talking about that moss ran deep. She said, I've seen your kind before. You won't last a year. Been 24 years. <laughs> I will give her credit. She's been consistent. She ain't changed a bit. <laughs> this crowd was watching. They're going to be people in your youth group, young people. You get filled with God, they're going to make fun of you. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to call you a Bible thumper. They go, oh, they're going to say you think you're better than us now that you're walking with God. They're going to think you, 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 you're just an old Pharisee is what you are. If you, and I'm not a Pharisee, but I will say this. If you ain't never been accused of being a fanatic, you ain't never been spirit-filled. And if you ain't never been accused of being a Pharisee, I doubt you got King James Bible, Holy Ghost separation. Can I get an amen right there? Pharisees trust their works to get them to heaven. And I'm not trusting nothing but the grace of Almighty God tonight. There's going to be people laugh at you. They're going to mock you. And they'll make fun of you. That's that old hacking preacher. And they sweat. And they sober. And they get excited. Hey, you just leave me alone. Hey, man, I don't want to change. Ain't changing. I believe I'll just stay with God. No matter what, no matter how nice of a person you are, no matter how kind you are in your spirit, you get a double portion of God in your life, and there's going to be a crowd watching, and they're going to have something to say. And the sons of the prophets, it comes down to Bethel, and they said, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? He said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. I know what's going on here. What kind of crowd was it? Chapter 2, verse 16, And they said unto him, After Elijah has been carried off to heaven, there be with thy servants fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master. Lest peradventure the Spirit of the Lord hath taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And he said, Ye shall not sound. He said, No, I know God better than y'all do. We ain't going to do that. What kind of crowd was it? It was that entertainment crowd. Yeah, they stood far off. They wanted to see the chariot come down. Horses Israel. That's all they wanted was see an entertainment. And uh, uh, beloved, I, I refuse to be an entertainer. I've been a few times I've been asked to go preach somewhere and when I got there it wasn't because of my message it wasn't because of my prayer life it's cause I was loud it's cause I like to let her rip and when I picked up on it I quit preaching like I normally do I ain't gonna entertain you that's the only reason they have us to come in is to hear how loud we can get and to see how loud we can scream and, and watch us What'd you do? Come see a reed shaking in the wind? God called us to preach. He didn't call us to entertain. Somebody asked me about a brother the other day. And they pressed me. I said, I ain't saying. I'm going to try to practice what my daddy taught me. You ain't got nothing good to say. Don't say nothing at all. They pressed me. 
And I finally just said, well, he's very entertaining to listen to preach. He got a lot of good jokes, got a lot of good sayings, does a lot of crazy things. He's entertaining. I got paid one of the greatest compliments, I hesitate to say this, the other night that I've ever had in my life. I've had it happen more in the last little bit than I have in years. I had a dear, precious, saintly lady come to me in this meeting this week. She said, Brother Morgan, you remind me of Brother Percy Ray. Neighbor, that humbled my heart. I never met Brother Percy Ray. I probably only heard him preach three or four times in my life on CD. I know I'm not mimicking him. I was preaching in a church here a while back. Young lady come up to me and she said, Brother John, she said, I closed my eyes while you were preaching. And she said, you reminded me so much of Brother Stennett Blue. Said it ain't even funny. She said, oh, that was my hero. I've had them come up to me and name various other preachers. You remind me of this man of God. And I kind of let that bother me for a little bit. And here recently I was praying and I asked God, I said, what about that? Lord, I don't want to be them men. I don't want to be, I want to be me with the touch of God on my life. I love those men. And uh, God reminded me, God reminded me. He said, you remember all them years you got on your knees and you was out there in the woods praying for a double portion? You asked me for a double portion of Brother Percy Ray. You asked me for a double portion of Oliver B. Green, Brother Mays Jackson, Brother Billy Kelly. You asked me for a double portion of these men of God. Boy, my list is about 50 men long that I prayed and prayed and prayed for for years. And God spoke to me and said, it's not your personality. It's not that you're mimicking them. Those men had God on them, beloved. You get God on you. I'm not saying I got God on me. I'm just telling you what God told me. I make no claims to be a spiritual person at all. If you ever get God on you while you're preaching, it'll remind somebody of somebody else that had God on them while they were preaching. Can I get an amen right there? Brother, I'm telling you right now, there's people watching, and we ain't got time to be in the entertainment business. Not only were the entertainment the, the entertainment crowd, this crowd, they, they, they were the fleshly crowd. They put their confidence. They said, we've got 50 strong men out here. We'll send them to look for them. They had the confidence in the flesh. And then they had no confidence in the Holy Ghost. They said, what about if the Spirit of God has put them on a mountain or a valley somewhere? Oh, I tell you, there's going to be a crowd watching you. But Elisha knew what God had called him to. Brother, look at the trip they went on. Chapter 2, they went to Gilgal, to Bethel. Then they went to Jericho. Then they went to Jordan. They told him, Gilgal and Bethel, your master's going to leave your head. You're going to lose him today. And uh, Elisha could have said, well, if that's the case, I ain't going any further. He could have stopped over at Gilgal, started the Gilgal First Baptist Church. 
Maybe have had a good crowd. Maybe then he could have went to Bethel over there where Jacob met with God and started a Bethel Baptist Church and said, I'm going to meet up here where Jacob had the dream and seen the ladders and the angels and all that and we'll have a good church. We know God is going to show up in this place where this is none other than the house of God. He could have started a church there. Oh, then he could have went on down to Jericho and started a church there. Oh, man, this is where Rahab got saved. This is where the walls fell. Well, we got a story to tell right here. Oh, no, he didn't do that. Then he could have went on down to Jordan and said this. This is where the children of Israel had crossed the River Jordan. Here's where the 12 stones are. We can start the Jordan Baptist Church here. And beloved, but you know what? Elisha didn't do that. You want to know why? Because Elisha knew what his calling was. He had not he had been called to a place. He had been called to a person. He had been called to a man. He had been called to be the servant of the man of God. Until you ever find yourself at the feet of a good spirit filled man of God that God will use to disciple you and to teach you and to lead you. You don't need to worry about any other place. Just go where God puts you. He knew where he was supposed to be. He wasn't ready and he knew it. You're going to have to get to where you don't mind some things. But then nextly tonight, you're going to have to get to where you don't move from some things. Chapter 2, verse number 3, or verse 4 rather, And Elijah said unto Elisha, Terry, here I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. Three times in our chapter, Elijah has told Elisha, stay right here. Don't move. I'm going on. But you know, Elisha wouldn't be denied. He wasn't going to take, I mean, you could call it being rude, not giving in to orders, whatever you want to call it. But Elisha knew where God had put him. He had put him beside the man of God and he wasn't going to turn loose of him and he wasn't going to move. Uh, beloved, he wasn't going to move from the man that God put him with. And they're going to be some things that we're going to have to stay with. And we can't move from what we know. We can't move from the doctrines of the Word of God. We can't move from worship. We can't move from old time religion. We cannot move. He stayed with what he knew. I like what the Apostle Paul said. He said, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned of me. God puts these men in our lives to teach us. They said, he's going to leave. He said, I know. I know it. Yeah, hold your peace. Stick with what you know. And then next letter night, I'm not going to labor that point. I believe I preached the burden of my heart tonight, but let me finish it for you. You're going to have to maintain. you got to maintain. Maintain it. We're leaky vessels, aren't we? Be filled. Stay filled. Get filled. When you get to running low, stop by the gas station and get filled back up. You got to maintain it. Now watch this. A lot of people put the emphasis on the mantle. Chapter 2, verse 15. 
Bible said when the sons of the prophets which were to view Jericho saw him, they said the spirit of Elijah doth rest on him. That word rest means to remain. It means to stay. He had Elijah's spirit and also his mantle. I would challenge every Bible student in the building tonight to look up that word mantle and do a simple word study on it. It's not mentioned anymore after this scene. A lot of times we want to make statements I'm going to get that man's mantle. And most preachers that want another man's mantle, they want his pay. They want his house. They want his popularity. They never do seem to think about what comes along with a double portion. Double miracles, yes, but double battles. Double battles, double hurt, double pain, double broken heart. This thing of being spirit-filled, if I could put it this way and you'd understand what I'm saying, a double portion's a double-sided sword. There's going to be hurt along the ways. There's going to be pain along the ways. But it's worth it. Elijah... His mantle didn't mention too much anyways. He wrapped his face in it when he was in that cave. He smoked the waters with it. Now Elisha gets it. It's the power of God. It's not in somebody's personality. I don't know what happened to Elijah's mantle. I don't know a lot of people say, well, it just fell on him. No, he had to get it, and he had to take his own clothes off, his own mantle off. Take that old coat off and put on that new coat. Any preconceived ideas you got about being spirit-filled, you'll have to get rid of it. Let the Bible teach you. He probably put it on and never took it off, is what I think, but the Bible doesn't say. Chapter 2, verse number 9, we come back to our text verse. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. You're going to have an extra touch. You're just simply going to have to want more. Not be satisfied with where you are with God. Again, he weren't being rude or disrespectful to Elijah. In essence, he was saying, Elijah, I want more than you've got. I want more God, more the Spirit, more fire, more glory, more grace, more love, more miracles. I want twice as much as you had in your life. Nothing wrong with wanting more. Let's stand all over the building, every head bowed, every eye closed.